It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Keith. Here's your host, Matt Derry. Thank you for joining me, everybody, and welcome into Wired, the Pistons podcast, as we recap the four-game sweep at the hands of the Milwaukee Bucks. Playoffs are over. Season's done for the Pistons. They did make the playoffs, and certainly there was some good excitement down at Little Caesars Arena on Saturday and Monday nights, but too much Bucks, too much Giannis the entire series long. Antetokounmpo goes for 41 in Game 4 on Monday night, and the Bucks beat up the Pistons 127-104. to Today on the podcast, it's simple. Let's recap the season a little bit. Let's reset this four-game sweep by the Bucks and what this means for the Pistons going forward. You will hear some audio from team owner Tom Gorris, courtesy of our friends at Fox Sports Detroit, as he spoke last night following the game about the future, if he's planning on uh, going into the luxury tax possibly to add to this roster, what is next for this team. And I'll also talk about the three things I think this team needs going into this offseason and into the offseason and into the summer to get better for next year. How is this team going to improve when, and the front office has said it, uh, uh, Arn Tellum has talked about it, Ed Stefanski has talked about it, the Pistons are kind of cash-strapped a little bit with contracts for one more offseason. John Lohr, Reggie Jackson, Langston Galloway, guys like that come off the books after next season, and they'll have a little bit more flexibility. We'll discuss that all of that today right here on Wired. Again, Matt Derry with you. Thanks for joining me, everybody. Brought to you by our friends at Jeep. It was fun. It certainly was a fun season. And I think that when you talk about whether the season was a success or not, and I mentioned this at the start of the the postseason here on Wired, we didn't want to move the goalposts. At least I didn't hosting this podcast. I am no homer. I'll tell you, look, the Pistons got smoked. All right, the better team beat them. Detroit has now lost 14 straight playoff games, uh, which is an NBA record. It's not good. And I know for the fans that are starving for a winner, it's getting tiresome. But with that being said, this team achieved its goal. The goal was to make the playoffs. The goal was to get relevant again. Right? People were talking Detroit Pistons basketball around the city, around the suburbs, around southeast Michigan again. The Pistons were the show for the last couple of weeks, sans maybe uh, the day Steve Eiserman got the Red Wings GM job. Other than that, the discussion was about the Detroit Pistons. And it's been a long time since the Pistons have been relevant and the Pistons have been exciting. And whether you don't like this team or you do like this team or you want wholesale changes or you want Andre Drummond traded or you want Blake Griffin traded or you want Reggie Jackson out or whatever it is you think about this team, Bottom line is, they made the dance. They made the tournament. They got in, and they lost to a superior opponent. The Milwaukee Bucks have the best player in the NBA. You could argue it's James Harden. You could argue it's still LeBron. I'll take Giannis to start a franchise any day of the week. Guy scored 41 points last night. He shot 20 free throws on his own. 20. The Pistons as a team shot 12. Now, we could talk about the refs, and we could talk about Blake Griffin uh, mouthing the words, ref, you suck, as the fans were doing the same thing at the LCA last night. But Giannis is aggressive. Giannis is strong. He's hard to guard. He's hard to officiate. And because he's so good, and because he can step back now and make jump shots, and his jump shot still has work to do, but because he finishes at the rim like nobody else, uh, we're talking about a special, special talent that took games over when needed to in this series. Didn't even have to for a couple of the games in this series. But Milwaukee's really good. All right, Nikola Miritich comes off of Milwaukee's bench. He would be a starter on the Pistons. 
Pat Connaughton comes off Milwaukee's bench, he would be a starter on the Pistons. Those are facts. And the Pistons and the, excuse me, the Bucks have a head start on Detroit. Their organization with John Horst as general manager who took over for John Hammond, Horst and Hammond, of course, both former Pistons executives, um, they've had a head start. They drafted Giannis, what, six years ago. And now he's developed into this player, and they've been able to put pieces around him. This current regime right now with Ed Stefanski and Arn Tellum and Malik Rose and Pat Garrity and everybody in that front office, they've got work to do. But I think it's headed in the right direction, and they've got a superstar player that they now must keep healthy in Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin is the franchise. Blake Griffin is an all-star. Blake Griffin is the straw that stirs the drink. And for the last two games, as he has come back from that knee injury, the guy's been wearing a wrap on his knee, a brace over the knee, and a wrap over the brace. And he's been lugging that around for the last, (laughs) uh, you know, 96 minutes, the last two games. And Monday night, he fouled out, got a standing ovation coming off the floor after scoring 22 points, grabbing five rebounds, and dishing out six assists. And it's well-deserved. Anybody that's having a discussion about whether Blake Griffin should be around or Blake Griffin should be traded or it's a contract that's an albatross, I say hogwash. Every team's got a max guy or two. Blake Griffin's going nowhere. You must have him on your team. His game is not the same. He's not the high-flying dunker that he used to be. But boy, has his game evolved. He's able to step back and make threes. Hit four of them last night. He's a pure leader and a true leader. They got off the floor last night, they got into the locker room, and Griffin gave his team, as, as Dwayne Casey called it, an impassioned speech about the future, about how much he enjoyed working with this group, and it's only going to make guys better to just be around somebody like Blake Griffin. So, I think you got tip, tip to tip your cap to him and take your head off to him. He had a tremendous season. He played 73 games or 75 games, which I don't think... You may ever see again. And they certainly maxed out his, you know, everything they could out of him this year. And he was fantastic. Had career highs in in points per game and rebounds and, and assists. He was the franchise. And I think he's still young enough and he's still good enough to build around. The question now is going to be, where do the Pistons go from here? As far as this series go, before we get to that, before we hear from Tom Gorris with the audio courtesy of Fox Sports Detroit... I think the series came down to the Milwaukee Bucks had, I would say, had maybe the four best players on the floor for a majority of the series. Blake Griffin only played in two games. He couldn't play in Milwaukee uh, due to the knee. But if you had to rank who had the best series of any player on either team, Giannis would be probably number one, Brooke Lopez number two, and you could argue Eric Bledsoe three and Chris Middleton four. And all of those guys are on the, are on the Bucks. And two of those guys, Giannis and Middleton, are all-star players. Eric Bledsoe, to me, was a difference maker in a lot of these games. He made big shots. He attacked the rim. When he was on the floor, the Bucks were in really good shape. And I know last night Reggie Jackson played his best game and, and really was tremendous uh, for the Pistons, especially in that first half, where he had, what, uh, 22 at the half? Finished with 26, though. And... Pistons exerted a lot of energy in that first half, and it was the third quarter of death where the Bucks scored 39 points that was the difference. The other thing, too, is Brooke Lopez. 
All right, didn't have a great game four with seven points and, and and five rebounds, but he brought Andre Drummond out to the perimeter, forcing the Bucks to drive the basketball pretty much at will to the rim and not have to face any type of difficulty. So give Milwaukee credit, Bledsoe, Middleton, Lopez, Giannis, they were tremendous. And the Pistons just did not have enough. And when you're behind the eight ball down 0-2, when your best player is sitting in street clothes on the bench, it's a tough hill to climb. And the Pistons gave valiant efforts Saturday in Game 3 and Monday in Game 4, but just came up short. And last night they got the door, their doors blown off in the second half. Why? The Pistons don't know how to win big games yet in the playoffs. They haven't been there. Milwaukee last year went through a grueling first-round series, I believe it was against Boston, and lost, and learned from that. Many of these Pistons don't know anything about long playoff runs. Blake Griffin does. Wayne Ellington to an extent. Jose Calderon, he doesn't really play. Also, that's it. The rest of these guys, very wet behind the ears when it comes to the playoffs. Whether it's Reggie Jackson or Andre Drummond. Uh, who, who played in one playoff series in 2016 and got swept. Bruce Brown, Thon Maker, Ish Smith, Langston Galloway. These guys, they don't have playoff experience. Luke Kennard? But they got it this year. And now the question remains, what to do with this team? How can you improve this team? Can you go out and get free agents? Well, the Pistons are kind of capped out right now. Ish Smith is somebody that I think everybody agrees you want to bring back. But if the Pistons are going to bring him back, they'd have to go over the the luxury tax to do it. And they'd have to offer him a lot of money. And at least at this time on this roster, he's the backup point guard. So if you pay Ish Smith, then you're adding to what could be already an issue with the amount of guaranteed money and the amount of guaranteed contracts that you have uh, that are in double figures when it comes to millions of dollars. Remember, Langston Galloway is right there, close to double figures, making $7 million a year. John Lohr, who doesn't play, is right at that number, too. So that's a difficult decision for Ed Stefanski in the front office to, to weigh. You may have to let Ish Smith walk because you just don't have, you don't want to put yourself in financial purgatory any, any more than you already are. Remember, Andre Drummond's making close to $30 million a year and Blake Griffin close to 40 on top of long-term deals that they have with Reggie Jackson, uh, with John Lohr, like I said, and with Langston Galloway. So big decisions coming up this summer, and we'll see where this team goes. The owner is Tom Gores, was courtside at the game last night, and he had these comments when asked about the future and what about tanking? That came up last night, too. Here's Mr. Gore, as courtesy of Fox Sports Detroit. We've got to make more progress. I mean, we're, look, a lot of people talk about the idea, you want to win, you want to lose. We want to win. This idea, it, what happens in the league and losing is going to be good for you, that's just not good for any of us. And really, we just want to go and win, and we did. And we had a great stretch in the season where really we were a powerful team. We had some injuries. We had to regroup. I'd say the number one thing I, I'm happy about as far as progress, we figured out how to get through adversity. And to me, that's that's a culture. We said that. I think Dwayne 
you know, did a great job this year. I think our team came together, and we just got to regroup, but it's not enough. We just want to win. And, and Tommy, speaking of winning and the losing and how the league is, but I, mean, I guess the understanding with what happened in this series, why a lot of people wanted you guys to lose so you could get a better draft pick. And, and, and yeah. maybe the, uh, the second guess making the playoffs because of... Oh, no. No, I, I just don't believe in the idea of whatever you want to call it, tanking, losing. We need a winning culture, and let's just see what happens from there. I don't think sports is about that. You can't get on the court and think about losing. I just don't believe in it, and I think this year, you know, look at, I guess before All-Star break and everything, nobody thought we would get in the playoffs. So we did do something special. This series wasn't great for us. We played a great team like Milwaukee, but no, I'm not going to get into that business. I think we should discuss with all the sports, we should never be tanking, losing on purpose because of the rules. we got to go out and win. That's what it's all about. Right, but when, you, when, you, when you look at the crowd of the last two games, yes. um, um, nice crowd, what do you think you have to do to get this this place uh, packed on a regular basis? Like, what do you guys got to do? We just win. We just got to win, provide excitement. We just, we just have to do... You know what sports fans love, and it's our responsibility to do it. So that's it's, that's what we have to do. Tom, Did this give playoff the series situation, give you situation of where you are. Go ahead, Joe. This playoff series give you an idea of how far your team is away from competing in the postseason. I don't. You you can discuss it however you want. I think basically I'm I'm glad the way we made the progress, and we're going to discuss all of that. But I would say no. I mean, maybe we're a few pieces. We have to do this. We have to do that. We're just going to regroup. Going to regroup. Given where you are financially, and if you're going to make yeah. significant improvements, you've either got to get rid of some big pieces or go into the tax to probably make the improvement that you want to. Are you still with the idea that you can go into the tax? You'd be willing to go into the tax to bring in the right players? I'm always willing to do that, but you guys know that. I want to win as, as much as all of us want to win. And if I didn't want to, it would have been easy not to win and try to get into the playoffs. So, of course we are. This has never been about our financial situation. This has about been delivering to Detroit. I mean, this has just not been the way we function. We're not going to function that way. We're going to do whatever it takes to win. But I think we established some good culture this year. And if you look at the positives, we, we do have some great players. we got Dwayne, who I think did a good job navigating some of our young players. You look at Bruce Brown and some of the stuff that even with the younger players, Luke, I think, did great this year, just every step at a time. You know, it's a process. It's a process. All right, there you hear from team owner Tom Gorris, courtesy of Fox Sports Detroit last night. It is a process. The Pistons took that first step here in 2018-2019 by getting into the playoffs. And I think for next season, the process will continue where they, they need to win a playoff series. They need to not be sitting in that eighth seed facing a team like Milwaukee with their backs against the wall, even before Jump Street. You know, this team needs to be around five or four or move up in the East so that the matchup is not as difficult. I mean, look at look look what happened with Boston. They lucked out in getting four, having home court, and facing a team like Indiana in the first round without their best player in Victor Oladipo, and it was an easy sweep. Now, I'm not saying if the Pistons finished fourth, they were going to beat the Pacers, but you've got to create your own breaks. You've got to win more than 41 games. 41 and 41 is average. And if you include the playoffs, 41 and 45 is way below average. So the Pistons can get better. And they've got a superstar in Blake Griffin. And they've got a head coach that the guys are buying into. If there's anything that I know about the Detroit Pistons in my days covering this team going back to 2001-2002, 
when I started up our Pistons Tonight uh, pre- and post-game shows on WDFN, and then we moved to 97-1. I know that stability on that sideline has never been a strength of this organization. Joe Dumars is a Hall of Famer and is Mr. Piston. And he built this team and in this organization during the going-to-work years into one of the model franchises in the NBA. They went to six straight, six straight conference finals. And they did that with three different coaches. All right? It's been a revolving door on the sidelines. Stan Van Gundy lasted four years, I believe. But before him, you're talking about Mo Cheeks and John Kuster and Lawrence Frank and Michael Curry and you know, the list went on and on. I mean, the running joke with the, with the Pistons was two years and out. Rick Carlisle, two years and out. Larry Brown, two years and out. And they won a freaking uh, championship under Larry Brown. Now, a lot of that, too, was Larry during the 0405 season, as they were trying to repeat, was trying to leave. And Mr. Davidson, uh, God rest his soul, greatest one of the greatest owners we've ever seen, had had enough. Flip Saunders coached for three seasons. But then after that, you're talking about Michael Curry took the Pistons to the playoffs, lasted one year. Kuster, two years. Lawrence Frank, a year and a half. Mo Cheeks didn't even last a year. It was a complete disaster. So Dwayne Casey's presence, Dwayne Casey's consistency, and his willingness to, to, to I think, rally the team and have them uh, you know, on a string and understand what the, the bigger goals are is going to keep him here a long time. But, and I tweeted this out the other night, this roster has to be more to Dwayne Casey's liking. And that leads me to the three things I think this organization is going to need to add this offseason. And it's easier said than done. But number one, they need an athletic wing. They need a player that is 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", that can break somebody down off the dribble, drive to the rim, and dunk a basketball. The Pistons work too hard to score. The Bucks were able to get at will to the rim and score all series because Andre Drummond wasn't standing by it. The Pistons have a lot of jump shooters and wing players that are undersized. Langston Galloway off the bench is a jump shooter. Luke Kennard is a jump shooter. Bruce Brown is an undersized wing. Wayne Ellington is a jump shooter. Reggie Jackson is not athletic enough. And he's not a wing either. He's a point guard. Ish Smith, undersized point guard. Glenn Robinson III, you know, nice guy, not athletic enough. I think Kyrie Thomas, the second-round pick from this past year, has a chance. But again, not 6'6", not 6'7", not 6'8". The Lions, the Pistons need length. They need a long wing player that can rise up, catch an alley-oop, and dunk at home. Shoot over people for three. And is athletic. The Pistons spent a lot of this series not able to handle Milwaukee off the dribble. And that was even with Malcolm Brogdon injured and not playing. So I think an athletic wing, number one, is first and foremost a priority for Ed Stefanski this summer. Number two, and I touched on it before, Dwayne Casey's offense revolves around shooters, and the Pistons need to add another two shooters at least. If they move Galloway, who's on the final year of a deal, or somebody like that, fine. But 
those types of guys that are that are catch and shoot guys like Galloway and Kennard have to make more of them. And I think Luke Kennard will make more threes. But this game has turned into three and D, hasn't it? It's incredible the amount of three-point shots that get put up. The Pistons attempted 34 threes last night. 34. It's crazy. So, problem is he only made 13 of them. And that's not a horrible percentage, 38%. But Detroit needs to be better from three. Because that's where this game is going. Reggie Jackson had a very good night shooting the three. Five for nine. That's unlike him. Blake Griffin, four for six. But you look at the other guys shooting threes. Bruce Brown, 0 for two. Thon Maker, 0 for three. Galloway, 2 for seven. Kennard, 1 for three. Luke Kennard made one three uh, the last two games. That can't happen. He's going to be part of the future. He's a guy that I think is a keeper. I think Luke Kennard on a team that is trying to vie for an NBA championship or trying to make a run deep in the playoffs is going to be a, a six-man type that, that can really help you. But there's got to be more shooting surrounding Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. When they're getting the ball in the post or they're moving the ball around, there's got to be more, there's got to be enough shooters on this team. Dwayne Casey wants three-point shots hoisted. The problem is this team didn't have enough three-point shooters. So I don't think it goes without saying, whether it's a mid-level exception or what it is, the Pistons have got to find some shooters. And number three on my list of needs for the summer is a rim protector to go alongside Andre Drummond. We have seen now five men, centers, around the league pulling Andre Drummond out by the perimeter on defense, forcing Andre away from the rim. Andre Drummond not being at the rim meant it was a Cadillac. It was the Woodward Dream Cruise to the rim for the Bucks all series long. One of the reasons why they scored 127 points last night. Milwaukee only shot 10 for 28 from three. Think about that. But they shot 43 of 79 for the game. They shot 35% from three and finished the game at 54%. Meaning they were around, you know, if I could do the math, they were around the high 60s in in two-point shots, 70% from two-point range. That's that's not going to work. Bledsoe to the rim with ease. Middleton to the rim with ease. Giannis easily to the rim. Right? Those guys had free reign. George Hill, Connaughton, Sterling Brown. It was free reign to the rim all series long. Why? Because Andre Drummond had to be out on the perimeter guarding Brooke Lopez. So this team has another rim protector on its roster in Thon Maker. The problem is Thon Maker is not ready for this yet. Thon Maker is still extremely young, extremely raw, and not bulked up enough in the weight room to be a consistent rim protector. He didn't have a block shot last night in 15 minutes. He is going to be a good player, and I like the pickup by Ed Stefanski at the deadline. But this team needs another athletic guy that can erase shots. Brooke Lopez is not a great shot blocker by any stretch of the imagination, but he had five blocks last night. Giannis had four. Milwaukee as a team had 10 block shots last night. How many did the Pistons have in game four? That would be Uno, one. 
another shot blocker, another rim protector to go with Drummond this offseason. Now, I'm also assuming that Andre is going to be back. And <clears throat> this is a very mixed bag when it comes to the fans and how they feel about Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond had a very good season. Led the NBA in rebounding at 15 rebounds. Scored 17 points a game, and he shot 53% from the floor. All right, Many teams would take that from their center any day. The problem was in the postseason. Andre's postseason performance has to be better next year. He went from 17 and 15 and 53% shooting in the regular season to 14 points, 13 rebounds a game, and 44% shooting in the playoffs. And see, this is where they needed him to be better. This is where they needed him to bring those numbers up with Blake Griffin not on 100%. He also blocked five shots in four games. That's it. Brooke Lopez blocked five shots in one game last night. So his shot blocking numbers, 1.7 blocks a game during the regular season, went down to 1.2 in the playoffs. So, you know, I, I think... I do believe that Andre Drummond is going to be back. I think Blake Griffin is going to be back. They've got to figure out the rest of the roster. Luke Kennard's not going to go anywhere. Bruce Brown they like. Kyrie Thomas, those young players. Um, Question is, can they move any of these other guys that have those contracts? But I disagree with anybody that says this year was a failure or that it was a waste of time. Not at all. This team made the playoffs. We didn't move the goalposts. That was the goal. They've got some talent there. And they've got an excellent coach. And they've got a star to build around. The remainder remains to be seen. I'm sold on Blake and I'm sold on Dwayne. 100%. And I think that that's that's a start. But now with Ed Stefanski, who I thought at the deadline did some nice things. I like Svi Mikhailuk. I think he can be a shooter that can help next year. I like Thonmaker. I think he can make shots as long as he's getting more experience and confidence. But I think the roster does need some definite tweaking. I'm not breaking news here with that. Question is, how creative can this team come to make that move? And they've got the 15th pick in the draft. Can they somehow find a sleeper there? Because drafting has not been this organization's strong suit for a very, very, very long time. Those are my thoughts. This is Matt Derry. This has been uh, Pistons Wired, the podcast brought to you by Jeep. As uh, we recapped this four-game uh, series and the sweep at the hands of the Milwaukee Bucks, we'll continue with the podcast throughout the offseason. Thanks for listening, everybody, and go Pistons.